section two part one chapter one continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez this librivox recording is in the public domain one morning the ship band which every sunday had sounded the choral of luther awoke those sleeping in the first-class cabins with the most unheard-of serenade desnoyers rubbed his eyes believing himself under the hallucinations of a dream the german horns were playing the marseillaise through the corridors and decks the steward smiling at his astonishment said the fourteenth of july on the german steamers they celebrate as their own the great festivals of all the nations represented by their cargo and passengers their captains are careful to observe scrupulously the rites of this religion of the flag and its historic commemoration the most insignificant republic saw the ship decked in its honor affording one more diversion to help combat the monotony of the voyage and further the lofty ends of the germanic propaganda for the first time the great festival of france was being celebrated on a german vessel and whilst the musicians continued escorting a racy marseillaise in double quick time through the different floors the morning groups were commenting on the event what finesse exclaimed the south american ladies these germans are not so phlegmatic as they seem it is an attention something very distinguished and is it possible that some still believe that they and the french might come to blows the very few frenchmen who were travelling on the steamer found themselves admired as though they had increased immeasurably in public esteem there were only three an old jeweller who had been visiting his branch shops in america and two demi-mondaines from the rue de la paix the most timid and well-behaved persons aboard vestals with bright eyes and disdainful noses who held themselves stiffly aloof in this uncongenial atmosphere at night there was a gala banquet in the dining-room at the end of which the french flag and that of the empire formed a flaunting conspicuous drapery all the german passengers were in dress suits and their wives were wearing low-necked gowns the uniforms of the attendants were as resplendent as on a day of a grand review during dessert the tapping of a knife upon a glass reduced the table to sudden silence the commandant was going to speak and this brave mariner who united to his nautical functions the obligation of making harangues at banquets and opening the dance with the lady of most importance began unrolling a string of words like the noise of clappers between long intervals of silence desnoyers knew a little german as a souvenir of a visit to some relatives in berlin and so was able to catch a few words the commandant was repeating every few minutes peace and friends a table neighbor a commercial commissioner offered his services as interpreter to julio with that obsequiousness which lives on advertisement the commandant asked god to maintain peace between germany and france 
and hopes that the two people will become increasingly friendly another orator arose at the same table he was the most influential of the german passengers a rich manufacturer from dusseldorf who had just been visiting his agents in america he was never mentioned by name he bore the title of commercial counsellor and among his countrymen was always herr kommerzienrat and his wife was entitled frau rat the counsellor's lady much younger than her important husband had from the first attracted the attention of she too had made an exception in favor of this young argentinian abdicating her title from their first conversation call me bertha she said as condescendingly as a duchess of versailles might have spoken to a handsome abbot seated at her feet her husband also protested upon hearing desnoyers call him counsellor like his compatriots my friends said he call me captain i command a company of the landsturm and the air with which the manufacturer accompanied these words revealed the melancholy of an unappreciated man scorning the honors he has in order to think only of those he does not possess while he was delivering his discourse julio was examining his small head and thick neck which gave him a certain resemblance to a bulldog in imagination he saw the high and oppressive collar of a uniform making a double roll of fat above its stiff edge the waxed upright mustaches were bristling aggressively his voice was sharp and dry as though he were shaking out his words thus the emperor would utter his harangues so the marshal burger with instinctive imitation was contracting his left arm supporting his hand upon the hilt of an invisible sword in spite of his fierce and oratorical gesture of command all the listening germans laughed uproariously at his first words like men who knew how to appreciate the sacrifice of a herr kommerzienrat when he deigns to divert a festivity he is saying very witty things about the french volunteered the interpreter in a low voice but they are not offensive julio had guessed as much upon hearing repeatedly the word franzosen he almost understood what the orator was saying franzosen great children light-hearted amusing improvident the things that they might do together if they would only forget past grudges the attentive germans were no longer laughing the counsellor was laying aside his irony that grandiloquent crushing irony weighing many tons as enormous as a ship then he began unrolling the serious part of his harangue so that he himself was also greatly affected he says sir reported julio's neighbor that he wishes france to become a very great nation so that some day we may march together against other enemies against others and he winked one eye smiling maliciously with that smile of common intelligence which this allusion to the mysterious enemy always awakened finally the captain counsellor raised his glass in a toast to france hoch he yelled as though he were commanding an evolution of his soldierly reserves three times he sounded the cry and all the german contingents springing to their feet responded with a lusty hoch while the band in the corridor blared forth the marseillaise desnoyers was greatly moved 
thrills of enthusiasm were coursing up and down his spine his eyes became so moist that when drinking his champagne he almost believed that he had swallowed some tears he bore a french name he had french blood in his veins and this that the gringos were doing though generally they seemed to him ridiculous and ordinary was really worth acknowledging the subjects of the kaiser celebrating the great date of the revolution he believed that he was witnessing a great historic event very well done he said to the other south americans at the near tables we must admit that they have done a handsome thing then with the vehemence of his twenty-seven years he accosted the jeweller in the passageway reproaching him for his silence he was the only french citizen aboard he should have made a few words of acknowledgment the fiesta was ending awkwardly through his fault and why have you not spoken as a son of france retorted the jeweller i am an argentinian citizen replied julio and he left the older man believing that he ought to have spoken and making explanations to those around him it was a very dangerous thing he protested to meddle in diplomatic affairs furthermore he had not instructions from his government and for a few hours he believed that he had been on the point of playing a great role in history desnoyers passed the rest of the evening in the smoking-room attracted thither by the presence of the councillor's lady the captain of the landsturm sticking a preposterous cigar between his mustachios was playing poker with his countrymen ranking next to him in dignity and riches his wife stayed behind him most of the time watching the goings and comings of the stewards carrying great box without daring to share in this tremendous consumption of beer her special preoccupation was to keep vacant near her a seat which desnoyers might occupy she considered him the most distinguished man on board because he was accustomed to taking champagne with all his meals he was of medium height a decided brunette with a small foot which obliged her to tuck hers under her skirts and a triangular face under two masses of hair straight black and glossy as lacquer the very opposite of the type of men about her besides he was living in paris in the city which she had never seen after numerous trips in both hemispheres oh paris paris she sighed opening her eyes and pursing her lips in order to express her admiration when she was speaking alone to the argentinian how i should love to go there and in order that he might feel free to tell her things about paris she permitted herself certain confidences about the pleasures of berlin but with a blushing modesty admitting in advance that in the world there was more much more that she wished to become acquainted with while pacing around the chapelle expiatoire julio recalled with a certain remorse the wife of councillor erickman he who had made the trip to america for a woman's sake in order to collect money and marry her then he immediately began making excuses for his conduct nobody was going to know furthermore 
he did not pretend to be an ascetic and bertha erichmann was certainly a tempting adventure in mid-ocean upon recalling her his imagination always saw a racehorse large spare roan colored and with a long stride she was an up-to-date german who admitted no defect in her country except the excessive weight of its women combating in her person this national menace with every known system of dieting for her every meal was a species of torment and the procession of box in the smoking-room a tantalizing agony the slenderness achieved and maintained by will-power only made more prominent the size of her frame the powerful skeleton with heavy jaws and large teeth strong and dazzling which perhaps suggested desnoyers disrespectful comparison she is thin but enormous nevertheless was always his conclusion but then he considered her notwithstanding the most distinguished woman on board distinguished for the sea elegant in the style of munich with clothes of indescribable colors that suggested persian art and the vignettes of medieval manuscripts the husband admired bertha's elegance lamenting her childlessness in secret almost as though it were a crime of high treason germany was magnificent because of the fertility of its women the kaiser with his artistic hyperbole had proclaimed that the true german beauty should have a waist measure of at least a yard and a half when desnoyers entered into the smoking-room in order to take the seat which bertha had reserved for him her husband and his wealthy hangers-on had their pack of cards lying idle upon the green felt herr rat was continuing his discourse and his listeners taking their cigars from their mouths were emitting grunts of approbation the arrival of julio provoked a general smile of amiability here was france coming to fraternize with them they knew that his father was french and that fact made him as welcome as though he came in direct line from the palace of the quai d'orsay representing the highest diplomacy of the republic the craze for proselyting made them all promptly concede to him unlimited importance we continued the counsellor looking fixedly at desnoyers as if he were expecting a solemn declaration from him we wish to live on good terms with france the youth nodded his head so as not to appear inattentive it appeared to him a very good thing that these people should not be enemies and as far as he was concerned they might affirm this relationship as often as they wished the only thing that was interesting him just at that time was a certain knee that was seeking his under the table transmitting its gentle warmth through a double curtain of silk end of section two recording by tony oliva albuquerque new mexico